monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature Joey G. And joining me as always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? I'm good. How are you? I'm right. I'm tired. I'm sitting in this chair all day. You're not going to sit it for longer. Yay. <laughs> so welcome back to the show where we watch a, a horror film once a month. Right. We recap it. So this is full of spoilers. I'm literally going to tell you beat for beat everything that happens in this movie. So I hope you watch this one. Yeah. Or, you know. You fuckers. Or you can, you know, turn it off or listen to it or or don't. I don't I'm not your dad. Do whatever you want. You can find us on Instagram Ugh. at Bride of Creature Podcast. Yeah. Get off Instagram though, everybody. Get off social media. It's not doing you any favors. Anyhow, <laughs> don't ugh me. You know I'm right. I love it. Find us on social media there. Do that. Find Nicole on social media there. She runs the Instagram and occasionally tells me if somebody has looked at it. Yes. I'm I, very helpful that way. So I don't I don't have it. And I don't look at it. Okay, we got it. I am on Twitter. Oh. Kind of. I actually haven't looked at Twitter in a few weeks. It's been nice. It's been real good. It's been hanging out. Hanging out, you know, hanging in, out this in, chair. The basement, in this chair. Watching <laughs> anime. Uh, so this month, it was your selection for yes. the film. And what did you select? I picked Creepshow. George Romero and Stephen King's 1982 classic. I love Right now, I'm all about 70s and 80s American horror films right now. Nice. And this, uh, you know, I love Stephen King, I love George Romero, and I particularly love old EC comics, uh, Tales from the Crypt, I Vault of too. Horror, all that kind of stuff. Yes. And this movie is basically a Tales from... There is also a movie called Tales from the Crypt, but it is not Tales from the Crypt at all. This is the Tales from the Crypt movie. I remember watching the Tales of... It's a really good movie, movie, but it's not the same. It's an amicus horror. Um, it's hor- got a different vibe to it's it. It's the same company and vibe who made Asylum and House of Drip Blood. Oh, that's, yeah. that's awesome. It's really good. But this was, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't yeah. seen this movie until now. Because I have how I'm much also surprised. I love Tales from the Crypt and all those. And yeah, we have, and I bought that nice fancy pants Blu-ray a while back. I know, I'm going to watch some special features later, I Ooh. think. I probably should have watched them in preparation for this podcast. That's yeah, okay. But I leave most of that stuff up to you. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so this movie was directed by George Romero. It was written by Stephen King. Uh, the special effects were done by Tom Savini, so quite a pedigree there. Yeah, Tom Savini is legend. Yes. At his craft. He's the best. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. Let's get into it. So we start things off. This this is an anthology film. There are five stories in it uh, and one framing sequence, which we begin with. Framing sequence, get. Tom Atkins from Halloween 3 plays a grumpy dad and he's yelling at his his young his minus, child. Minus the porn minus mustache. Minus the mustache, this is correct. He's yelling at his son, who's played by a young Joe Hill. He smacks him he across does. the face for reading creep show comics and i remember hearing a thing about that where like stephen king was super nervous and like couldn't talk to tom atkins before and tom's like I, i'm an actor stephen i'm, I'm not really he gonna hurt nervous. your kid he's like I, don't worry i'm not gonna i'm not i promise i'm not gonna hurt your son uh so anyway that's um, really like heart endearing yes so he's yelling at joe hill about his shitty comics this guy's an asshole and into the trash yeah. goes the comic book which is called 
creep show. Mm-hmm. Joe Hill has a really cool room with awesome posters and Godzilla stuff. It's awesome. And then we see the creep, who is sort of like a skeletal, kind of like um, the Crypt Keeper of sorts. Yes. Only he doesn't speak, and he's hanging in the window, and he, then he turns into a cartoon, and we get the credits. I just love that um, the kid, Joe Hill, and he sees him, instead of being scared, he's like, Oh yeah, like, this nice. guy's this guy's on my side. This guy's cool. Yeah. He recognizes him from his comic book. Yeah. And so the opening credits are this really fun um, animated style. And they lead I into the first story, which is called Father's Day. And I like that because the um, animation kind of plays into all the stories, how they yeah. frame things. Like, oh, yeah, the, there'll be a really black cool. border with a cartoony outline, and the cartoony outline is either red or blue. Yeah, the, all the, the lighting in this movie is very reminiscent of, like, garish 1950s horror comics. There's really cool, like, panel transitions as editing. Yes. It, so, this... like, all the stories are different, but the framing sequences... They're unifying. They're yeah. unifying. The the red lighting when something bad is happening. Red is and blue. Yeah. yeah, it's just... It's pretty great. It's, it's pretty a good looking movie. Yeah. So Father's Day, we begin with young Ed also, Harris. Sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry. But I've never seen a Father's Day horror movie before. Or story. There's a movie called Father's Day. Is it actually a horror movie? I don't know if I've seen it. I think Ooh, it is, though. We should watch it. Is really. there a Mother's Day one? There's a lot, yeah. It's Father's There's Day like is, four or five Mother's Day Father's ones. Father's Day is coming up, so this is a perfect one to be released on <laughs> Friday because it's almost Father's Day. Well, it'll come out after Father's Day, but okay. Oh, right. I Father's thought, Day I just thought this Friday was the last Friday. No. no. We're recording this on the 15th. I get time confused. <laughs> yeah, she's not great with time. So young Ed Harris has bad hair, but it was 1982, and he's being told the sordid tale of a line of family of the family fortune. Uh, and every Father's Day, this woman who is What's his... What's wrong with his hair? It was not good. He just had bad haircut. It didn't look fine. Good. Eh. Anyway, every Father's Day, this woman, Ed Harris's, um, his aunt? his mother's... No, his wife's aunt... Oh. Uh, returns to this house, which is where they are at right now, and it's the house that she killed his her father in. Her father was a dickhole, uh, but that's where she got her money. Cake. Yeah, and we get this great flashback to her killing him, uh, but he sucked, so it's all good. He's basically just screaming that she's a bitch, and he just wants his Father's he Day was, cake. Like, banging his cane and screaming like a like a toddler, yeah. and he, as much as you want to kill your toddler, this Don't is say you just want to like kill. Well, I mean. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's not. So anyway, um, <clears throat> Aunt Bedelia is at, the, at her father's grave, and she's cussing him out and saying, like, yeah, you sucked. But she was then, awesome. She's she like was drinking whiskey on his grave. But then Aunt Bedelia's dad's rad corpse bursts out of the ground demanding cake. This was the first red shot, and right away great. I was like... As soon as his, he burst through the ground and the red shirt, I was like, yes, I am here for this so movie. Good. The zombie looks so good. It looks so good. Looks really good. Yeah. And the way his mouth moved when he would talk. Meanwhile, back at the mansion, Ed Harris and his g- wife, I wrote girlfriend, but it's his wife, they're dancing. And so Ed Harris decides to go outside for a smoke and he wanders off, you know, idly searching for Bedelia. They're waiting for Bedelia to come up to the house so that they can have dinner. It's a tradition. When a fog rolls in. While investigating a graveyard that he finds in the fog, Ed Harris falls into an open grave. He's like, oh man, and discovers, oh man, gross, I'm right beside Bedelia's corpse. And then is crushed to death by the falling grave marker as Nathan Corpse, who is the the dead, the zombie, walks off in search of his cave. Yes, he sees the zombie as, mm-hmm. like, as he is like... 
Yeah. Shimmying toward as the yeah, gravestone is shimmying giant towards grave his marker. head. It was great. Ed Harris's mother-in-law Did decides. I it was very good. Decides to go off to fetch the help to find Bedelia. So she's just like, "Where's our maid?" Because I'm a shitbag. And all the lights are like turned yeah. off. So she goes to find Bedelia and Ed Harris, but instead she finds Nathan and her doom because he kills her next. I like this one because even though it was kind of cheesy it still did suspenseful like them going into the dark kitchen to try to find the help it's also always fun to see shitty people get killed in movies and everyone in this and almost everybody who dies in these movies is shitty it's kind of nice almost almost i mean everyone who dies did something wrong almost i guess that's almost there's one person who didn't deserve any of the misery he gets oh yes your favorite it's fine we'll get to it um Ed Harris's wife and brother-in-law go to look, and, and instead they then find Nathan, who's carrying this platter with their mom's head on it, and he says he got his cake. It looks so cool. This was it's my favorite really scene because really? yeah, he's carrying the head. Has like the head has like whipped cream on top with like candles candle. yeah. in it, and it's, the candles are lit, and there's like cherries around yeah. it, and this is so cheesy but creepy. And well, and it's it's like exactly love- what the last panel of a lot of EC horror comics is like. Like a big splash page reveal of something yeah. grisly. It's, yeah, it was, it was awesome. He got his cake. Happy Father's Day. Which leads <laughs> us to the second story and my personal favorite featuring the finest performance by an actor I in think living memory. The, the first one was my favorite. The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. Starring Stephen King. Starring Stephen King as Jordy Verrill. This one Ugh. is... Okay, it's, this one is it, it's live <laughs> so action. Good. It looks like a cartoon. And Stephen King is so funny He's in it. So He's so funny. good. I'm not like making fun of him. I loved Stephen King in this. I know that like Stephen King being not a great actor is kind of a meme, but he's so good in this. It's so it's so his acting <laughs> is perfect for it because I know. it's oh, an over the top cartoon. Oh, it's so funny. A meteor crashes on Stephen King's Hick Farm, Jordy Verrill's farm. It's kind of, this is almost like Stephen King's uh, comedy version of The Color Out of Space. I thought of that too, yeah. So, uh, Jordy Verrill touches the meteor and then starts to amass this great fantasy of, like, selling it to a college. And he won't sell it for less than 200 bucks. <laughs> and the college guy's like, oh, you drive a hard bargain, Jordy. And he's, like, peeling out the money. It's so funny. I love all his, like, fantasies oh, in this God, one. funny. So then he notices, oh man, my fingers are getting these weird bumps from where I touched it. Ah, no worries. No, I better put it in my mouth and suck he doesn't, on it. That's like his like nervous tick that he sucks on his fingers and he doesn't realize he's doing it. He oh, does it a bunch of times know. before he realizes it. But anyway, uh, he goes and like gets some water to cool off the meter to pick it up and it splits in half. And he's like so mad at himself <laughs> for breaking it because it cuts like his new fantasy is that the guy at the and university will say? never buy a broken meteor what from him. What does he him. say about his luck? Oh man, your kind of luck. Spell that what, that luck. B-A-D. It's so funny. Yeah. And he's like kind of cross-eyed. He's got these big buck teeth. And when it when the meteor splits open, it spills all this like ooze out and he calls it meteor shit. And it spreads into the soil. So he decides to go to bed, planning to attempt to... And he says, like, maybe I could try to glue it in the morning. He's going to glue the meteor back like together. Like, the scientist wouldn't realize yeah. he glued it back together. In his house, he discovers weird green furry mold is growing on his fingers. And uh, then he has another fantasy of the same doctor, only this time he's a medical doctor, chopping off his uh, his hand with a cleaver to get rid of it. This and that's going to hurt yeah, a, lot. a lot. And that's when he realizes that he's been licking his finger, and the mold has begun to spread to his tongue. 
It looks like he's eating a green yeah. popsicle. <laughs> Time passes, and his farm has begun to become overgrown with alien fur plant stuff, and so is he. He's like, like spiky, fuzzy yeah. balls Let's come with the Grinch. So then he does look like the Grinch. More time passes. Jordy and his home are even more covered in green. Jordy goes into the bathroom and sees his dad in the mirror, who gives him this warning and tells him not to get in the tub, but Jordy does anyway. He's this like, is whole I'm, already thing. I'm already day. done for, Papa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next day, everything is even more green. Jody is now completely covered in this green, and he grabs a shotgun, and hoping that his luck will finally be good just once, and he blows himself away. And it's like, what a tragedy, but it's also so great and funny. I love The Lonesome Death of, Death of Jordy Verrill. It is my favorite so, part of this movie. This was the second one. The first one was kind of short, too. This one was even shorter. So I thought... Oh, they will get through this really fast because How short is this movie I thought be, they yeah. were. I thought they were all going to be this short. Uh, the next two are quite long, though. Yes. The last one's yeah. also short, but three and four are a bit longer. And the third one is called "Something to Tide You Over." And so, this one while, is our favorite. So, "The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill" is my favorite. But if I don't count that one because it's such a like cartoon, I guess this is my actual my other favorite. But this, so this is my second favorite I think because Jordy Verrill is my. This favorite. This is but, like yeah, pretty much tied with my favorite oh, because I think this one's actually. A good story. It's a great story, and Leslie Nielsen is almost as good as Stephen King in this role. He's so good in this one. Everyone in this one was good. Yes, but, but I mean, look, Ted Danson's great, but Leslie Nielsen steals I the think, movie no, here. Ted Danson, Ted Danson, you Danson's, feel for him. But Leslie Nielsen is like the best villain. Like, I haven't seen this good of a villain since Leslie Nielsen in Day of the Animals when oh, he wrestles a bear. Oh, gosh, that's a hard on from. Leslie Nielsen arrives at Ted Danson's door. Ted Danson has been sleeping with oh. Leslie Nielsen's wife. Wait, also, the set design for his apartment mm-hmm. is... You liked it a lot. Oh my gosh. You were a big fan. If I could go back and just take all the 70s and 80s and put it in my house... Then you would have to not do that because I would not allow it. I would have something Excuse to... me? Oh, I would veto it. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, good comeback. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen... Uh, plays a cassette tape for Ted Danson. It's Rebecca. Rebecca is Ted Danson's girlfriend, Leslie Nielsen's wife. She's pleading for Ted Danson to come save her. (gasps) Leslie Nielsen has captured and hidden Rebecca away. Leslie Nielsen forces Ted Danson to go to the seaside with him, or he won't tell him where Rebecca is. This had the feel and vibe of, what was that other movie we watched? Where Oh, The Vanishing. Where the guy has to get in the trunk of the car and... And he, like, he tells him to drink this, that stuff. Yeah. And he wakes up in a grave. Yeah, The Vanishing. Yeah. That's the spoiler for the end of the movie, but whatever. We've done it for this yeah, podcast I know. It doesn't already. Mean it. Anyway. Um, it's a great movie. <clears throat> At gunpoint, Leslie Nielsen forces Ted Danson to climb into a hole that he has dug on the beach. And then we kind of cut to only Ted Danson's head is sticking out of this sandy grave. And he's been packed in so tightly he's unable to move at all. Which is pretty sketchy. And then there's a crab... And Les Ted Danson's like, Jesus, fuck a crab! And then Leslie Nielsen's like, hey, you made a friend! friend. Leslie Nielsen returns with long rolls of cable and an old cathode ray television. Must be a Smash Brothers melee tournament going on. He that joke oh is really boy. funny if you've played if you know anything about Smash. Uh, oh, he shows brother. Ted Danson a video of Rebecca in the same predicament that Ted Danson finds himself in. It's a live feed. It's like a closed circuit. Was it live or was it yeah, already? No, it was live. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes me more sad. So um, the tide is beginning to show come in. So then Leslie Nielsen drives off, leaving Ted Danson to watch as Rebecca drowns on screen and await his own turn with the tide. So Leslie Nielsen then returns to his palatial, rich douchebag estate, which has dozens of closed-circuit television feeds everywhere. And he turns on this, like, rad TV in his wall and yeah, watches... Yeah, this painting, like, slides yeah. up the wall. And there's, the like, screen. six screens. And I was like, I want this set, yeah. too, in and my house. he watches house. a live feed of his wife and her his wife's boyfriend drowning. <laughs> and he pours himself a drink to watch the show. Uh, but then, like, two camera, Ted Danson vows to get his revenge. I'll get you, Leslie Nielsen. He doesn't say Leslie I don't remember. The, it's Harry and something else. But, I just, <laughs> yeah. but soon it's all over. Rebecca and Ted Danson are no more. And Leslie Nielsen returns to retrieve his video equipment. But the bodies are gone. Probably the current, he figures. The current has taken the bodies and so dragged them out to sea. The current is strong enough to unbury bodies, but yeah. not strong enough to take out the TV that was just sitting on the sand. Well, the TV got, like, buried in it. The, the point the is the current didn't already... take the... But the point is that the current didn't take the bodies. That's the point. He says, oh, it must be the bodies. I know, but he's an idiot. Well, he's the villain. I can't believe that this is the problem you have with this. <laughs> you gunky. Uh, the bodies are gone, blah, 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 blah. Leslie Nielsen lounges at his estate in a douchebag tracksuit that I was a big fan of. <laughs> And then he thinks he hears something. Hmm, probably nothing. He so I better go have a shower. And we get to see some silhouettes walking outside his window. We then see fog rolling in on CCTV. And if there's one thing I know about this movie, it's that fog equals bad news. Suddenly a door opens and two wet seaweed-covered forms shamble in. Rebecca and Ted Danson's drowned corpse zombies have come back. The bullets, they do nothing. I like this oh, scene so because... Um, we see glimpses of their seaweed bodies mm -hmm. and their shadows walking across the carpet. And then it would cut to the monitors where we see nothing. Yeah. And so then eventually we get to see the really full-on cool. glory shots of this zombie. They looked They good. looked amazing. Yeah. Leslie, again, Tales from the Crypt comics, so great. We cut to Leslie Nielsen buried in sand up to his head, screaming and laughing Matt crazily that he could hold his breath a long time. This is crazy. Oh, so good. Leslie Nielsen is amazing in this movie. This one was really good. It was a really good story. Leslie Nielsen was so good in it. And the zombies looked awesome. Yeah. I Big agree. Fan. This one was the best. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And now. And then the other one. Uh, this is. So the end. So yeah. My favorite is Jordy Verrill. Then this one. And now this one. The Crate. The Crate. I, my, I'm almost the same order except for the first one with you. The because is so good. The, what was the name of the very. Father's Day. Father's Day was my favorite. Father's Day is actually tide. my least favorite of the five. Really? Yeah. I did the end sold it for me. It, oh, it's a great! I love it. that's yeah. the thing. I love this movie. Yeah. So the crate we open on a janitor dropping a coin under a grate. This and, has uh, my favorite um, prop. Is it the or an um, uh, effect? Effect. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about fluffy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he moves. He finds this big crate under these dusty old stairs in a, in a university. Cut to Hal Holbrook, who is a professor at a faculty party. His wife, Adrienne Barbeau, is a horrible, drunk, obnoxious bitch. Poor Henry, a.k.a. Hal Holbrook. So Poor his Hall wife... Poor Hal Holbrook. His wife is in the new Creepshow series yep. that does first, aired yeah, on Shudder in October. Yep. Um, which is which amazing. Is really and they, the, we can get more into it after, but the new the new series does 
an amazing job of being true to the original. It's very good. And then having some stories that are a bit more modern and updated, but mm-hmm. having the, especially the very first Creepshow Well, the very first one. story is a Stephen King adaptation yes. of the new Creepshow, and Adrian Barbeau is in that one, yeah. Adrian Barbeau is great. She's in a lot of great movies. The Fog, Escape from New York. I was going to say that the monster in the, the new one, in the very first one, where it's like the horror, he wants Haro's, the beer. Yeah. The very the, first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you said was Stephen Grey Matter. King. Yeah, Grey Matter. Um, his voice when he becomes all whatever, like monstery, is sounds almost exactly like the monsters do in this one. Like the mm, zombie at yeah. the beginning, the kind of gurgly, yep. distant voice, and same with the the tide one. It mm. was it was amazing. Everyone should watch it. So anyway, Hal Holbrook is this like beleaguered professor whose wife is a bitch, and we get this hilarious daydream sequence of him shooting her in the head. At this party, and everyone like applauding, like it was a golf tournament, saying "Great shot, Henry!" It was really funny. Even asked, she was like, "This can't be." You know, that just happened. I'm like, just watch the movie. <laughs> and then she's just like, "Henry, what would you do without me?" She's I love so her. good. <clears throat> Meanwhile, janitor and other professor, who we saw earlier, he's Hal Holbrook's friend, are inspecting the crate. It was shipped from Antarctica, but they begin to think something inside was moving. But the specimen's 147 years old. But no one told them they were in a horror did comic. Did they say 147 yeah, well, years no, old? Yeah, well, I did the math. I read the side of the crate. You did math? Yeah. <laughs> math Anyway, they try to open hard. it. <clears throat> Janitor gets grabbed by something in the crate. And then I wrote, shoot her! <laughs> shoot her! It's a monster. <laughs> Professor Other Guy flees and finds some poindexter who doesn't believe his story. Figures this professor is drunk. Stupid Poindexter idiot. He finds the bloody scene and thinks maybe the professor's a killer. But he soon changes his mind and they follow the trail to where Fluffy, which is what they called the creature when they were making this movie. The creature uh, looks so good. Has dragged his crate back under the stairs. Oops. Fluffy strikes again. Uh, Poindexter bites the dust. Professor, other guy, hysterically runs to Hal Holbrook's house. Or I don't know if he ran, but he ends up at Hal Holbrook's house. And Hal Holbrook's like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, it's fucking shitty and everything's gone to crap. It's a monster. So Hal Holbrook, like, drugs his friend to, like, help him, like, rest. And he goes to investigate. And he gets a wonderful idea. He gets an awful idea. Hal Holbrook got a wonderful, (laughs) awful idea. First, thank you. First, he cleans up the whole messy scene. Uh, then we have drunk Adrienne Barbeau arriving home to discover a note from Hal Holbrook using her shitty personality to trick her into coming to the university. He says that the like, oh, professor, other guy, he attacked a woman, and you're, you know, I need your help because you're so smart and good, and she loves to gossip, you know. So no, she's. No, I called it. I was like, he's gonna use this yeah. to his advantage. So Hal Holbrook is trying wife. to get Adrienne Barbeau to look under the stairs so that Fluffy will eat her, and him trying really hard not to laugh with glee as he's leading Adrienne Barbeau. To the oh crate. my gosh. It was amazing. It was amazing. Anyway, Fluffy gets her. Ha ha. Hal Holbrook locks the grate, drives the crate, crate. whatever, locks the crate, drives <laughs> out to the boonies, chucks it in a lake. Not whatever. Grates and crates are very yeah. different things. He drops it in this lake, in this quarry, 100 feet down, and Hal Holbrook and the professor were talking about how, like, hey, you know, we'll just never tell anybody. No one has to know what happened, and uh, it's all good. But of course, we see the last shot. Fluffy has escaped from his crate and is on the loose. Fluffy looked awesome. It, it was this awesome, awesome, like ape, lion, bear, monster creature. It was rad. Big claws, big teeth. I loved all the blood. Mm-hmm. It looked good. Yeah. yeah. My only complaint about the Blu-ray case is that you can see Fluffy on it, 
and it's better it's if you reveal. yeah but it's kind of like well the movie's like 30 years old so i guess it's not that big of a deal it did look very cool it looks very cool it's more than 30 years old it's almost 40 years old Oof. next we have the five the fifth and final short film in our presentation it's called they're creeping up on you a crazy-looking old guy lives in a weird, clean room, and his, he's a bit of a germaphobe. Hates bugs. So he's talking about hating bugs. On the phone, crazy nutbar man sees another roach, and he goes on the hunt for this roach. The guy on the other end of the phone informs nutbar that some guy, who is the CEO of another company, has committed suicide upon learning that nutbar's corporation was for- doing a hostile takeover of his company. And he's like, ah, fuck that guy. That guy was a piece of shit. I'm a bad guy. I'm a real piece of shit, and I hate bugs, and I hate people, and I hate people because I like bugs, and fuck bugs. He's just muttering because he's a nutbar. So then the dead guy, CEO's widow, calls him to give the crazy nutbar guy shit. But the nutbar nut, nut guy doesn't care. He even plays some, you know, really funny clarinet jazz music while he taunts this widow and hunts bugs in his apartment. It's great. He's just like, ah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's bugs. I fucking hate bugs and I fucking hate you. Anyway, he's nasty to people on the phone. He mutters about people and bugs. He finds a roach corpse in his gruel. He has this, like, gruel he's eating it looks like raisin bran cereal without the raisins it, if it had been left in like the milk for six or seven hours and congealed into it is gruel. Pretty gross. uh yeah so then he discovers a bunch of uh roaches in this box of his weird um feed okay is this the the stage in this when i started saying i hate this you kept saying that and i was just like yeah, I know, because the bugs are gross. But bugs are gross. They're, they're just crawling everywhere. Yeah. And I just... I hate this yeah. one so, so at this point, much. At this point, we're like, Crazy Nutbar Guy sucks. But the bugs are really gross. And the movie's like, we need to make sure that the people are really on board with this guy getting eaten by bugs. Because these bugs are gross. So just to make sure that we're all I'm hating not this guy, we get this scene of Nutbar Guy being a, also being super racist to the, the guy who works at the building who's coming to help him. So now we're all rooting for the bugs. I'm still not on board with it. That's crazy. So anyway, as Nutbar mutters and chases bugs, uh, while listening to 30s clarinet jazz, we're just like, this racist asshole needs to get fucked and eaten by bugs. Out his window, Nutbar sees all the power going out in the city. And then a zillion bugs invade his his house as his power goes out. And he can't see where they're crawling. Yeah, and there's this great moment where he squashes a bug, but his glove seems clean. Nicole is freaking out about the bugs, (laughs) LOL. You wrote LOL. It was funny. (laughs) Nutbar guy locks himself in this weird panic room inside when all of a sudden the widow calls again. And is just like, I hope you fucking die. I hope you get cancer. You should only get cancer. Uh, and then he moves this blanket off his bed, and there's like a billion fucking Ugh, bugs. Gross. Power comes back on. We just see Nutbar Guy's dead body, but there's no bugs. Oh, but there are bugs. The bugs burst out of his body in like a million places. His neck and it's his gnarly. And... and then I wrote haha, because it was awesome. Don't Ugh. be a piece of shit racist ass fuck. This one was so good so was so creepy <laughs> that i actually forgot about it made myself and then until right now when i was like oh yeah that was the last i, one. I really like it i hated the last one you, so you, you hated the bugs were gross you didn't dislike the short i dislike the short really it bothered me that oh, much wow. i, I hate the cockroaches i love seeing cockroaches so gross kill old shitty racist yeah i get he deserved to die yeah, fuck that guy but i not i just i can't I don't want to watch the bugs. I don't want to see the bugs. I don't want to look at their little legs crawling everywhere. I don't want to see them in the food. I don't want to see them 
crawling. I would not eat them with the food. I would not eat them. Don't be rude. I do not like green bugs and ham. I do not like them, racist man. That was off the top of my fucking head. There's been a lot of Dr. Seuss references. Has there? Oh, two. I guess two. That's more than one. Very good. You've been reading your Dr. Seuss, haven't you? You're not the only one who can do math. (laughs) Apparently. We return to the framing sequence where we have two garbage men collecting the trash who find Joe Hill's comic. The garbage men, it's Tom Savini and another guy. Yeah. I was like, yay. Apparently someone, they were looking through the comments, hey, there's ads in here. Yeah, somebody already sent away for the voodoo doll, though. Meanwhile, Tom Atkins is sort of being an asshole at his breakfast. He's like, yeah, my neck hurts, though. Cut to Joe Hill stabbing the voodoo doll going, I'll teach you to throw away my comics. (laughs) So good. And then I wrote Finn, because that's what I always write when we get to the end of the movies. (laughs) So So that was the first time you'd ever seen Creepshow. Yes. It's so good, right? Yes, we already talked about which ones were our favorites. I can tell you that Creepshow 2, also very good. Not as good as Creepshow 1. How many shorts are Only three. Oh. And Stephen King didn't write the screenplay, I don't believe. I think George Romero wrote it, but at least least one, if not two, of the three stories are actually adaptations of Stephen King short stories. Like The Raft, which is one of my favorite Stephen King stories. And it's a really good movie. Oh, I should have Do we have Creepshow 2? We don't. I wonder why. Shocked. Oh, shut up. Let's see how much it is on Amazon. Oh, no. No, Joey, we don't need it. You can just download it for us. Why don't you say that louder so I that we can get arrested? Yeah, you still said it into a microphone. $22.39. No, don't buy it right now. Joey, it's... Why is it... So... Because the DVD, that DVD is out of print. That's why. Oh, the DVD is out of print. Yeah. Who would want the DVD? people who like to collect things i guess we have a i mean we already had a blu-ray of creep show i replaced it i upgraded it to the better one you make my brain explode more look at how good this one is it's pretty good yeah it's got jordy vero right on it (laughs) actually i don't know if we had a blu-ray we may have had a dvd of the original creep show i wonder if we had all three (laughs) i wonder if we have three copies of this fucking thing anyway it doesn't matter the point is it's really good uh i'm a big fan love it Love it it was bits. really good. It was just a really fun movie. It's so fun. Really fun to watch. It's yeah. definitely worth watching once a year. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I love horror anthology movies, and Creepshow is one of the best. Do you have a favorite anthology? Oh, boy. I, I'm a real like sucker for the Amicus ones from the 70s, which are like Asylum, House of Drip Blood, Tales from the Crypt. I was about to say House of Drip Blood is probably up there for me. Asylum is up there for me. I don't know if I have a favorite. I've seen a lot. Like, there's a lot of them. I've seen all of them. Or most of them. Um, Creepshow might be up there. It might be my number one. I'm not sure. Trilogy of Terror is really good. I'll say for me it's House of Drip Blood or Trick or Treat. I like Trick or Treat, but I like Trick or Treat. I liked Trick or Treat less after I rewatched Creepshow. So I was like, ah, Trick or Treat is kind of doing a little bit of creep show, but not as well. Trick or Treat has one story that's just like, eh, for me. That's that Red Riding Hood one. The thing about Trick or Treat is that I only really remember one of the stories. Which one? Well. The one, the last one with with um Sam, in the, the house. That, and it's so good. Because it's him oh. and Brian Cox. No, that's the, the only one the I one really remember. I remember is the the kids and they they there's like that that weird elevator that goes down to the shore and they they talk about the school bus. Bell. Aren't they ghosts at the end or something? Something like that. that I really like that one. I, I, I remember liking that movie, but the fact that I've seen it three or four times and I can barely remember any of it kind of is telling to me. Whereas I've seen Creepshow fewer times and I know everything Creepshow. Like, 
I, I do like, I'm not shitting on Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat is very good, mm-hmm. but I like Trick or Treat a little bit less in the wake of seeing Creepshow again because Creepshow is like a better version of the exact same thing. I liked how Creepshow, we talked about the things that they had in some in common, mm-hmm. all the ones, all the, sorry, all five stories, but I also like that each story was just very different. Oh yeah, you got had like... Had a different feel, had a different You got tone. a comedy, you got like a, a murder mystery, or like a, a crime murder, you got just like a zombie story, you got bugs. Yeah. There's a real good variety. Yeah, it did have a good yeah. variety. The monster, just a typical monster story. Good movies. Real yeah. good. Big fan, so that's Creepshow. And this is was our... Um, this is our 99th episode. 99th episode. Next which means that is... next month, July, episode... The one... Episode 100th... The 100th episode, Spooktacular. Yes, it's a big one for us. A big 100 episodes. I mean, it's actually, tech. if you want to get really technical about this, technically this is the 100th episode because we did two Son of the Creatures. Wouldn't it be 101 then? Why would nine? Oh, this was 99, you're right. I'm stupid. Wow, math, you are, you two, two for you, one for me. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, next month is our 100th episode of Bride of the Creature. Right. Uh, we've done way more than 100 movies. I went and looked at it recently. It's like 140 or something. But because of the... Because of Versus's and The Sound of the Creatures and stuff like that. Wow. But to celebrate our 100th, uh, last Halloween, we did Nicole's favorite franchise. We did all four Scream movies. We did. So I let... Well, we didn't, so you let. I didn't so let you pick. We did We had a few. It. We wanted to do another marathon where we'd do at least four movies. Another In fact, we had, um, we had really grand uh, plans to maybe even do more than four, but... Uh, it's already the middle of June. It's not going to happen. It's already yeah. going to be tough to get these four in. So we're going to do it, though. So we we chose, we settled on my favorite franchise. We're going to watch the first four Hellraiser movies. So Hellraiser yes. 1, Hellraiser 2, Hell on Earth. I think, no, Hellraiser 2, what's it called? Hell Seeker, maybe? You can think it up right now. I could. I'm not going to, though. <laughs> uh, Hellraiser 3, I think, is Hell on Earth. And then Hellraiser 4, which is Bloodlines? And I forget. Anyway, I mean, the first four. We talked about it. I think I've only seen the first one once all the way through, although I don't remember it. The first time I ever saw Hellraiser, I fell asleep in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hellraiser is in my top ten horror movies of all but time. But I think, it, yeah, it's a good one. It's a fun one. It's pretty iconic. Great effects. We haven't done any of them for our podcast yeah. yet. Hellraiser 2 is also really good. Hellraiser 3 is really bad. And Hellraiser 4 has some good and some bad. So I'm excited. I'm a little disappointed because I, really I think it's Hellraiser it. 5 is actually one that I think is better than 3 and 4, but whatever. One day. We'll see. Anyhow, for yeah, that's the plan. For episode, we will finish the Hellraiser franchise. Yeah, for two, we'll watch the other six. There's actually, there's there's at least one Hellraiser. I've seen all the Hellraisers except for the ones that Doug Bradley doesn't play Pinhead because fuck off. Which I ones have, does he not play? Uh, the, the more the last one. There may have been two, but the, for sure the last one. When did that come out? Uh, not that long ago. Like 2010s. Oh, yeah, but fuck, fuck that. that movie. I have zero interest in a non-Doug Bradley pinhead. I can just fuck right off. That's like the a non... Um, Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. That can fuck right off, too. I mean, the guy they got to play him was a good choice. It was just a shitty movie. It's also he looks so iconic. Like, to fuck yeah. with how he looks. I also don't really give a shit about Nightmare on Elm Street that much. I like... Really? I like the first one, and I like the third one, and I like New Nightmare by far the most. But the other ones, I'm like, eh, I've seen them. They're I fine. I think the third not... one is my favorite. It's New Nightmare for me. And then probably, actually, yeah, three might be my second favorite, but definitely New Nightmare is the best one. One day I'll watch them all again and be like, yeah, I'm right. These aren't that good. <laughs> I don't know why these are so beloved. The first one is the first really one is good. good. And New Nightmare is brilliant. 
No Nightmare is better, is like Scream, but better. I would say the effects of the first one are mm-hmm. still impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I, I you know, yeah, but this is not a Bone Nightmare on no. the Street. Anyway, <laughs> that's going to wrap us up this week. Join us next month for the 100th episode of Spooktacular. Woo-hoo. Until next time, I'm the creature, Joey G. And I'm the bride, Nicole. You all stay scary now. Kissy, kissy. How sights to show you. This woman ever decide to wed this man.